0: Welcome to Portraits of Clongos, a podcast series that takes you on a journey into the lives of former pupils of Klongos Wood College. My name is Rossum McDermott, and in this podcast series, we will speak with alumni from Clongos to hear their first-hand accounts of the transformative impact this school has had on their lives. Tony Ian had four lives in Klongos as a student, a brother of students, as a Jesuit trainee, and a teacher. I met Tony recently and started by asking him how was his time in Klangos? Your first
1: question there, your time in CWC, how was it? I suppose uh, I can't answer that question but preface it by saying that in my experience it was a little bit different because I've actually been in in Klangos on three different occasions. So there from 1971 to 77 as a student And then having joined the Jesuits, I was back there from 81 to 83 as a scholastic. And then um, for my third and final coming, I was there from 1980 until last year, uh, 2021. So in total, yeah, 39 years, uh, a long time. But I presume your, your question is more for when I arrived first as a student, 12 and a half years of age, Came from from Tullamore, I suppose. It, in one sense, it was slightly easier for me in that one of my brothers had finished, and I already had a brother who was in higher line at that stage. So for some, that was a good thing. For others, not so good. But you knew somebody. I'd been in the school before. I knew the physical layout. I have to be honest. It was still tough. I didn't. I didn't take to it uh, initially, and I do remember having some conversations with my dad and um, it was a long drive from Tullamore up to up to Clane um, and he said hang in there he said if you don't like it at Christmas I'll pull you out and that was the deal that that he and I made um, and then lo and behold you know yeah duck to water took off made some great mates uh, and have remained great mates with them you know for 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 the remainder of my of my life to date Um, it's not always easy, I suppose having worked there for so long, uh, I would be very aware how some boys find it very difficult and there's even some boys for, you know, it just, just doesn't work through no fault of their own. Uh, and again, in my, in my role as a third line prefect, um, when I worked there, I would have said, Mr. And Mrs. Ryan, whoever it is, look, it's not working for Johnny. Uh, you're best take him home. Um, but my own time there, yeah, happy memories uh, played rugby, was involved. The academics were a challenge, no doubt about that. Um, I wasn't a, a straight A student despite the best efforts of, of many, many good teachers trying to bait it into me. But um, but I did it, I did enjoy it. and uh, yeah, we had lots of my resounding memory will be happy times. You know, uh, and then, as I say, having worked there, I'd be aware that it's not always happy for every child. Um, but there was lots of things to do and there was lots of stuff going on. There was the Hobbies Club and there was the Space Age Quiz and a guy called Tony Crabtree ran so many of those. and um, Lots of good memories. You got to know the staff there. You know, uh, Mrs. Millie, who was head of housekeeping, Miss Smith in the book room. Uh, Tony Crabtree moved into the bookroom then as well, and there were just so many characters around the place, um, as, as well as Jesuits, young and old. Um, John O'Keefe was our uh, was our prefect. Uh, he, he got the name Gestapo, um, but it was tough, and I, and I, I certainly realise that now because, having gone back and worked there, that for him it was a very, very tough job in charge of two year groups. Um, pretty much on his own uh, in a time when it was predominantly all run by Jesuits and Jesuit scholastics. Uh, lay teachers were only coming into the, the teaching role and then subsequently into the, the prefecting, housemastering role. He
0: was also very young.
1: Also very young. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He would by his been. own
0: admission. He yeah. said he was never qualified. Yeah. To be minding so many he kids so at many that kids. age, he's very yeah. inexperienced. Yeah. And indeed, I
1: mean, I left in 77, and then I found myself back there four years later, so uh, as third-line prefect. And in those days, there were three prefects. So I was in third-line, Percy Winder was in lower-line, and Michael Shield was in higher-line. And you were in charge of two-year groups. So it doesn't matter what degree you did in whatever, child-minding psychology, whatever, you know, nothing could prepare you for that. And yet you're taking on the responsibility of guiding uh, somebody's child. Mum and dad come in, they drop the child off at 12 and a half, 13 years of age, very impressionable age, and put them in your in your care. So a huge responsibility, but not that it weighed heavy. I mean, it was good fun. I, I was young, you would lots of energy. It certainly is a job that you, you do need lots of energy for, that you can... Um, just roll with it and bounce with it, and I think having been there as a student, it certainly allowed me. It gave me a head start because I could look at a child and say, "Look, he's you're thinking about doing something silly. Don't do it," you know. Um, and you knew the the places to go if you wanted to find a kid, and you also knew the places to go, you know, if you didn't want to find a kid. So um, it was, yeah, it, it was happy times. So I did I did two years there, eighty one to eighty three, as a uh, as I say, as a scholastic and then continued on my merry way and ended up back there in 1990. Again, that year I was fifth year prefect, then moved to lower line and then back to third line. So in those years, we swapped around a, a little bit different different line groups. But lots of things have changed because they were now predominantly prefects were lay people and it was a different regime as, as it is now today. There's only, a, there's only five in the community. Uh, as it is and none of those involved directly with, with with prefecting but yeah no happy memories and and, and no regrets I have to say and your second question Rasa what did it give me for life the easiest way to sum that up I think would be a set of values uh, that's what I that's what I'm left with a set of values that have stayed with me uh, and I suppose I probably Explore those, those a bit more than the, the ordinary Joe Soap, because I was in the, in the Jesuits for, for quite some time um, and did a lot of reflection on that and, and what that meant. So that idea of a man for others and, and what is that and how does that uh, impinge on your daily life? And I, I think even today at, at, at my ripe old age, that uh, young age, that um, it, it does. How you interact with people, how you are open to people, uh, how how you see them, how you how you listen to them, and don't make judgments. I mean, there for the grace of God, go any one of us, uh, myself included. Um, yeah, you know, the school has been very, very good to me. Worked there, enjoyed it enormously, um, and was happy to retire when I did. Um, was happy to retire when when I did. Uh, you miss the boys, you miss the crack, you miss all that that banter. The students are so good at keeping you honest that they, they will see through you in a second if you try to lie to them. You never, never, never lie to a, to a child. And I, and that was good for me with my own kids. I'm fortunate that my wife Anne is also a teacher in, a, in another school. Uh, and again, that's one of the things that you, you, you come away with, you know. So... What did it give me? Uh, yeah, it gave me a set of values, knowing right from wrong, uh, how to treat people, how to, uh, I think, be compassionate, how to how to listen. Too often we we want to talk. So this exercise that I'm doing now is is interesting. I'm quite happy to sit and listen to other people and, and hear them give their story, um, and and will stay with you, uh, very very definitely. I mean, even at the last union dinner uh that fundraising event for 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 cuba that there are Tongonians that are on on hard times you know and how we can reach out and help them but not just Tongonians, anybody can be your neighbor next door um you know and and if you can carry that with you in your day-to-day uh dealings and meetings with people then that's what's given you that's what it has given me um you know that you're uh I'd like to think that you're half decent. Not everybody would agree with that, I understand, but that's okay. Um, so, um, yeah, and, and, and for me, I suppose the fruit of that is when I meet students afterwards and they genuinely want to engage with you. Uh, and that's been a real plus, a real privilege that uh, because the boys are there for, for six years, you have them at a very influential stage in, the, in their lives and you're trying to inculcate and sow those seeds of right and wrong. Men for others, and how does that what does that mean in your day to day life whether you are the local postman or you're the local doctor or whatever you're doing um that there is a there is a place for those th- those values to come true and and shine true for you it was daunting i mean mm-hmm. make no mistake about it you're you're arriving into this castle you know and this this building built in nineteen twenty nine of, of cold cut stone that weeps rain and yeah that that was a, that was a leveler you weren't in your own little nice warm bedroom at home with a hot water bottle and um, but very quickly you learn to say hello to people and to start making friends and to you know just rub shoulders with people some of the boys come in and they know one or two others and that can be a help uh, no doubt about it and having worked there it can also be a little bit of a hindrance because you don't want those three or four guys just to cling together and and not but my own experience yeah you, you tread it carefully I mean in those days as a boy in, in in rudiments, in third line, you didn't mix with higher line. It's a different vibe there now, a totally, totally different vibe, much more positive, much better vibe. But you didn't talk to those guys, you know, and and, and if you saw them coming, you didn't make eye contact. You walked the other side of the corridor, or you turned around and walked back. Um, and uh, that, w- that was part of it. But then quickly our own group sort of formed, and I think we, we, we felt comfortable because you were literally there sleeping in a queue beside the other guy you were having your meals you were in class you were in study you were out at games training playing matches and you really were looking out for each other but it was it was uh, it was a, a shock maybe that's a bit too strong but it was a yeah as i say 12 and a half you were adjusting to a new way of life very definitely um and then the 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 great excitement of looking forward to going home at Halloween and Christmas and easter um it was only in our latter years when Philip Fogarty came in that the the long weekends became a more more of a feature um whereas now the boys go home every either third or fourth weekend uh depending on when when dates fall and breaks fall Easter moves each year but it was uh yeah it was it was daunting. And, and that stood to me, I think seeing other boys coming in. So when I worked there for those years, it made me really just put on the antenna and and reach out to those people as well as putting the parents at ease you know um, because they were making such a big decision. Um, and it wasn't the same sort of hands-on in, 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 in my time when I started. Um, you came in, you were dropped off they made the bed and they were gone. It was pretty it was pretty cold it was pretty uh, it was pretty cold um whereas now it's a lot more uh bells and whistles and 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 good fun and good crack and keeping the kids busy and and getting to integrate lots of icebreakers and all sorts of uh fun games and that it's it's a different they tried to create a little sense of of home from home is what we used to call it i couldn't see john o'keefe back in the early 70s talking about home from home um you know you survived um and um yeah and and each person, I'm very conscious it was different for each person who, who came through those doors. And not everybody was fortunate enough to have a, to have a happy time there. Um, I did enjoy it. I absolutely enjoyed the six years, uh, I must say. Um, and no regrets, no regrets, even at this stage and having worked there for um, as long as I did. Um, yeah, no no regrets. It's, it's been good to me uh, and I hope I've been, been good to it. So I suppose, you know, having been a, a scholastic for, for 10 years, that certainly gave me a grounding, a very, very strong, good grounding in Jesuit ethos and Jesuit education. Um, one of the publications that, you know, we would have read and been very familiar with was the characteristics of Jesuit education. So what they're actually trying to bring out in the student, bring out in the child, characteristics of Jesuit education isn't just academic. It's the whole person. It, it, it's the whole being. So, uh, you know, um, not ramming religion down your the student's throat, but in a very sort of subtle way, um, bringing it to the daily life. Um, so I'd be aware of down there two or three nights a week just having the kids sitting around doing a, a little reflection uh, on, on their day, how it was, um, and just being aware that how each person is unique each person is totally different so even though there's 450 boys down there you know everyone is absolutely different and um u- unique and i suppose your the training would have taught you to recognize that uh, and then how you have to um treat them all equally but also individually right when you're dealing with a large group of of, of students I mean, if you dare have a favorite, there's nobody quicker than another student to see through that and to, you know, point it out to you. Then, hopefully, um, but the the Jesuit training I had certainly helped me hugely um, when I went back to to work there as uh, as as a, a lay person. Uh, so when I was going in there as a lay person, um, I mean, having been there twice before as a student and as a scholastic, it was it was easy, you know. It uh, yeah, I didn't have the, the anxiety that, that somebody coming in for the first time who'd never worked in a Jesuit school before uh, would have had. Um, I was fortunate. My father went there. My grandfather went there. So we were kind of immersed in the in the Jesuit tradition. The headmaster when I started was was uh, Father Paddy Crow. And in fact, his sister, Deirdre, worked for my dad um, in, in Totemore uh, as a secretary. And she would have babysat us. So we had a, a lot of exposure. But again, when I was there, I started in 71 and I had to repeat first year. So I became group part of, of, of two groups, my own year group that went through and then the, the year ahead of me as well. And then in those days, O Levels was, was another year that wasn't compulsory. And some boys jumped and went first, second, third, fifth, sixth, and some did first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. The O Levels is now the transition year. But my Jesuit training certainly helped very, very definitely. Uh, it was a it was a big plus uh, having studied philosophy and having studied some some theology, uh, as well as having worked there. It gives you lots of lots of insights and lots of lots of grounding uh, how to deal with parents, how to deal with students, and how to try and recognise. I mean, some of my own studies would have helped. That some of the studies I did uh, in in counselling and and how to just help kids how to coax, how to, how to let them speak, give them time to speak. And then something else you learn is to be happy with silence. So if you're talking to a kid on his own and it goes quiet, don't rush to feel the silence. Just let it be and let him be comfortable. But a lot of that still goes on. You yeah, know, uh, I know there are, there are counselors there now as well as career guidance. I mean, career guidance in our time didn't really
0: exist. I'd like to thank Tony for joining me on Portraits of Congress. Remember, check out all previous episodes of this podcast on Spotify or iTunes.